Hey guys. Oh, you're on it. Hey guys. We're still uh, practicing the 3 2 1 thing, season two, episode 18. <laughs> we're getting our stuff together here. So, who decided we were going to do episodes like we're just we're picking up, right? We're not doing a new season to episode one. We're just continuing on. Yeah, because we want to get the 50 episodes, 100 episodes. Oh. You know, <laughs> it, it gives us the... well, it's milestones. <laughs> we want to make sure we can drink for every milestone. <laughs> Okay. They're trying to fit into the new generation, Basil. Yeah. You know, it's all about the score. All about the score. Yeah, all right. always. Well, I don't know if you guys heard some devastating news this week. Um, the hard seltzer, hard seltzer, the hard seltzer <laughs> era seems to be already over. So there's... Have you started wait, on the hard seltzer wait, already? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, there's white... What? <laughs> the, Holy crap. Yeah. What is this all about? Uh-oh. Is this an L.A. thing? Uh-oh. Looks like, Chris, Chris, you're stocking White Claw and Truly. <laughs> yes, yeah. I have a bunch of White Claw and Truly in my fridge, but <laughs> what is this? I knew it. I knew it. North Carolina people love that stuff, but anyway. Hey, man. During the day, that's, that's, that's you know, keeps the edge keeps it keeps a bit of a keeps me going yeah well it looks like it, it really took off during covid people love the hard seltzer i don't know why but i was not one of them i tried one or two after six of them i just didn't really like it just didn't really taste that great <laughs> is that one setting <laughs> <laughs> anyway in all seriousness episode 18 season two here we go so no guests today really but a Hold special on, back to this hard seltzer oh yes can we go back to oh hard my. seltzer i don't drink seltzer it. seltzer became really popular like just seltzer water or fizzy water yeah that's been popular for quite a few years now right because it's like soda but it's not soda right so you get that caffeinated kick but it's just water so it's more healthy for you which i think is pretty cool but then they just had to keep it's like they started mixing all the fruit in there and then they just couldn't stop. They're like, what do we need next? Let's throw some alcohol in there and see if we can't sell it. Yeah, it's still pretty good. Pretty well. Pretty well. I watch my English language. So why are they ending it? What's the reason? Oh, I think it's uh, just kind of you know, people are going right back to the straight hard liquor based off what's happening in the world today. <laughs> I don't blame them. Why not? But anyway. Okay, in all seriousness. Was that your long joke that you had? That was a pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, I'll tell you what. Speak. Well, hold on. Quick, no. Speaking of like long this jokes. Is, he is totally pulling our legs. This is uh, some nonsense. Hey, it's, it's headline news. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, do not, do not mess around. Hey, people. this is headline news. And in, in what I'm reading on my, my internet right now, it's from North Carolina headlines. Oh, wait. Sorry, guys. <laughs> You are listening to No U-Turn, a podcast about the exciting changes in transportation and the people that play a key role leading us into the future. There may be some detours along the way, but there's no turning back. And now to your hosts, Basil Yap, Chris Fernando, and Ravi Singh. So you know who he do you know who was the king of like the long joke was the late uh, Norm McDonald. Oh, which oh yeah. Rest in peace. I love that guy. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. There have been so many YouTube videos or any other social media posts on kind of all the classic Norm McDonald jokes. He would go on Conan and just like he would take like five minutes to tell a joke. The moth um, joke. The moth yeah, jokes the moth are circulating. Joke. Yeah, that's a great one. 
Love it. We'll put some links on uh, Instagram. Why not? Hell, you know what? People should just YouTube them. It's amazing. I actually stood, stayed up the other night for a couple extra hours just watching his old clips, his old jokes. Just hilarious. He was br- like he was on it. You remember he got kicked off. He like got kicked off NS- SNL because of all his OJ jokes while the trial was going on. And then I remember him going on to ESPN. He like hosted one ESPN. I don't know, Robbie. Do you remember what it was? It's like the ESPY uh, Awards. ESPY Awards, or yeah, something? the ESPY Awards. And man, he just went on and roasted everybody as well. That like I was watching it, and I just was getting uncomfortable with. <laughs> I loved it. His uh, jokes, man. He was no filter. No filter is good. It reminds us. He, he, of something. It, but Ricky Gervais is a little bit like that too, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, yeah. I, I hope he does ESPY sometime. Uh, at some point, but yeah, that was, that was, that was sad. I mean, he was young too. I mean, 60, 60, 60 ish. Um, yeah. But he had I cancer, so. right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, by maybe, the way, yeah. guys, um, I got a message from, uh, mint saying you may exceed your last month's alcohol and bar spending. I think that that was a result of my trip to Charleston, South Carolina this past weekend. Um, but I thought I'll, I'll, I'll you know change the subject since we were going around going down a depressing rabbit hole yeah well i'll tell you what basil might be able to come over and uh help you finish finish that uh truly in white claw in your fridge yeah pour one out for me i'm glad you were just pulling my leg because i was quite i was about to get quite upset about that (laughs) well it's real news and that's why we're here all right let's go episode 18 let's kick it off (laughs) <laughs> I, I think we kicked that off about yeah we've times, already kicked but, it off all, all right. right awesome uh well you know you know speaking of which i was playing some music earlier but uh we got we got to talk about changing our intro music right i think we got maybe we'll revisit that maybe poll the audience that'll be good give them three options let them choose yeah, I gave you guys some options, Robbie, and you shot them all down. Let's not yeah, like I like, said, uh, let's let's pull don't act the. Like this is a great idea that you're just clearly he did right not now. approve yeah. of your options. Like I said, let's pull let's pull the audience and you know, see what they <laughs> say. <laughs> I gave you like I I had like a hip hop beat and then I had some like guitar riff thing and then I don't know what the other one was, but I had three options for yeah, you. Yeah, near, near do I. Don't I. Know, what, what do you guys really want to hear? I guess when we kick off a podcast. I don't know, and we can't use they you know be pumped up. I feel like you got to have some like upbeat rhythm to it to get people pumped up. Like, oh yeah, here we go. We talk no about they're pumped turn. up every time they turn it on. They go and they hear. Hey, so by hey the way, guys, this is not a guys only podcast. That's true. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Ooh, awkward silence. Okay. Okay. I sorry. So what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, girls can't get pumped up. Is that what you're saying? You know. You said guys. I mean, oh, I, I think, oh, I see. Okay, know. sorry. All right, yeah. let's bring let's bring this back to. Uh, I don't know why you guys always take us off into these tangents, but that's okay. You start off with taking us off a tangent. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree. That's okay. We'll agree to disagree, just like the the Democrats and the Republicans seem to be doing with the infrastructure bill. Man, I thought. Why is it we although, go through this all although the time? I, sorry to interrupt you, but I I don't know if the disagreements uh, with the Democrats versus Republicans from everything I'm seeing. That's within the Democrats. The Democrats are, you know, they're like fighting over this thing. So, yeah, uh, you know, as, 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 uh, you know, I lean left, but 
uh, it is interesting to see them uh, fight over this because they are different fact. Unlike the Republicans, there are quite a few different factions in the Democratic Party. And not to politicize this this podcast, but from an infrastructure standpoint, it, it, it is interesting to see what the priorities are of, of the various um, kind of senators and and loud voices in the on the democratic side so what's the biggest hang up here is the what three and a half million three and a half trillion dollar social spending package is that what it was i think that's what i read i mean that's that's one of the bills and i think there was some discussion about um you know excluding uh parts of it because the parliamentarian didn't approve it but so i mean ultimately when it comes to some of the things we touch on, this this is a huge infrastructure bill that that needs to be passed for jobs, for maintenance, for roads, highways, um, growth. I mean, a lot of things that we we focus on on a day to day. Are you talking? Did you right? say parliamentarian? So, um, <laughs> I'm just. It is interesting to see what will happen. But I mean, the climate things, climate things that are in the bill are, are, in my opinion, critical. But I feel like some of those things are going to get cut out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm still hung up on that. You said parliamentarian, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I caught that too. <laughs> isn't isn't it the parliamentarian? Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, I guess so. But that's not what we call it here, right? What do we call it? What do you the call parliament? it here? Congress. Congress. No, no, no. There's a, a person, a parliamentarian. I think that's the how he or she is, her title is, but he or she determines, you know, essentially what the bills can and cannot. Again, this is not my area of expertise, but apparently I'm schooling a couple of Americans here on, on their own government structure. Yeah. Well, where Google is it, guys? Oh, no, yeah, you're Google right. The Google office him. of the parliamentarian. Yes. Boom. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Egg on the face. My, my the foreigner bad. has to edumacate edu- the, the American. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes we're just so busy. I'm still kind of getting over the hard seltzers thing. But yeah, you're right. You're right, Chris. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The office of parliamentarian. I stand corrected and I apologize for on Basil, Basil's behalf. Uh, so anyway, so yeah. Well, hold, so do you think anything has changed? Since we talked last um, last season around this administration's focus on UAM and EV tolls, is there a perception that UAS, sorry, not UAS, UAM is only going to still uh, cater to, or not cater, but only, you know, fly the rich around and that those with have-nots are not going to be have access to this I, i'm terribly i'm wording this terribly but anyways this you guys is what happens is it we, is it more when we start late yeah, yeah. On a <laughs> no weekday. no i mean i think what I you're to, saying i is, have a cup of coffee here i really don't have an excuse but this is all my yeah. fourth. are, are you trying to say coffee. are you trying to say is it going to be more equitable towards you know basically when they roll this out i, I yeah so when we were talking to justin um if i remember correctly you know there was this concern that uam was not going to address the the needs of the lower income or um, those that are disadvantaged because it was only going to be accessible to the rich, right? Has that changed at all, term. you think? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think it's changed. I mean, 
ultimately that's the reality i mean he's right and not just him right uh, a lot of others have i mean we are we we are in agreement that this the early applications will unless they focus on uh cargo or healthcare or some type of humanitarian application any type of passenger movement is going to be focused on you know the 1% of the 1% and you know the the tech bros and and the 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 people who want to i mean i think i read an article that i i kind of commented on where you know the discussion was about taking your buddies uh, go mountain climbing off the work or <laughs> a restaurant with a great view and i was like really yeah this is not going to be accessible by all so i i think this administration uh, realizes that in the near term this is not something that they they want to necessarily back now that said they are backing surface transportation autonomous transportation on the ground uh, and things that are linked to autonomous and and new technologies on the ground so that means you know drone package deliveries uh things of that nature so I don't know if um I will say the Trump administration was probably more supportive of AAM um than you know the Biden administration 9 months into their 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 tenure hopefully that'll change but I I I think I'm I think I agree I yeah. feel like it's kind of like I, I don't think it's a priority what can they get to that makes a, a quicker impact you know, in terms of electrification and the infrastructure around it, you know, versus an AAM focus at this point. Um, I think they're just trying to make some sort of quick impact because they need to, you know, given uh, the complete focus on COVID and getting out of the pandemic, amongst other things. Yeah, your dollar is going to go further helping with mass transit, whether that's buses or metro exactly. or light rail. Right. So, exactly. yeah. It's a shame. Yeah, there is a component. Get- there is a component to this of um, you know clean energy, right? If we are able electrification of aircraft, um, that I think would be appealing. But to your point, it's not in the short term. There's a lot to regulatory hurdles to overcome before it can really make a real impact. But I also, I mean, COVID taught us uh, all we learned with, during COVID that you know there were so many transportation and technology deserts in the country um and that you know people couldn't go to the grocery store because there were no bus and train lines and and you know uber stopped running lyft stopped running so yeah i mean from that standpoint i totally agree with with uh, kind of the the viewpoint of okay let's prioritize fixing that uh fixing roads and bridges but you know it's kind of like people are trying to go to space and and orbit, you know, um space for the first time which is exciting but the millions and billions of dollars being spent on that does that, you know, it, it, does that make sense when we are struggling on the ground <clears throat> on earth? Right. No, that's a good point. Very good point. So, we'll see how the infrastructure bill fight disagreement shakes up or shakes out whatever you want to call it but uh it's a shame you know it seems like it's a similar story every year you know the headline that popped up on my phone this morning was uh house gop to whip against bipartisan infrastructure bills so i was like ah oh. and then i read some more 
and then wondered if when they're whipping it, are they doing the nene as well? But anyway. <laughs> so what's some other goodness. news? So other I can yeah. just see like Robbie has a notepad next to him and he's written all I these know. jokes down yeah. and how he's gonna incorporate it in. Yeah, there you go. There it's you go. Pretty good. So with that said about the UAM piece or world, you know, and the Biden administration focus, there's still some, you know, advancement, of course. Um, Archer, I think, what, this week, New York Stock Exchange, the, ringing the bell, making some news there. Um, that's big news. You know, Joby did that, what, a few months back? And now it's Archer. Yeah, Archer's getting their turn in the in the spotlight, which is, um, you know, great for them. They'll be the second uh utm not utm uh ev toll manufacturer oem that has gone um public through a spac um so unfortunately they pretty exciting for them if you guys remember that was a pretty bad day for the stock market though all the defaulting that's happening in the chinese markets were impacting the the u.s markets and um but anyhow it i'm still to me i'm still kind of surprised or amazed by the archer story right they don't have a aircraft that's um you know a scalable aircraft that's actually flying um and they you know they went public which i don't know i mean is that unusual guys that you can like go public and you don't really even have a full concept that that flying? is unusual and i don't think i think i think they didn't get as much coverage as uh, joby did at least, maybe I don't know the algorithms that target me. Uh, no, they didn't. Joe, Joby heavy, but I I don't think they got as much coverage, and I do think that that played a part. I mean, Joby has a aircraft that's in certification. Um, right. I mean, I guess Archer did achieve that first stage, but you know, Joby has been at this for ten years. What's well, not? Archer came online a year 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 and a half ago. So. You know, I mean, they're they're several years away. I mean, it's impressive what they've done in a year and a half. I mean, to go uh, get on the stock exchange, etc. But I mean, I feel like Joby is maybe I'm biased, but Joby seems to be taking a, a more sustainable approach and, and a long term approach. Let's just invite yeah, the. It is. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead. No, I was going to say let's just invite the Archer folks on, have them on here, and let's ask them all these oh, questions. That'd be interesting you know? conversation. Adam Goldstein and others. If you're listening out there, which <laughs> give us a call. Well, it is impressive to your point, Chris, of what they have done. I mean, that's really exciting to take this business and actually go public with it. And yeah. um and the excitement that they have. I mean, they've secured some pretty exciting deals. So, you know, one part of me is that makes me nervous though as well. You know, people are definitely excited about this technology but maybe there's too much money out there <laughs> being thrown around and um but anyhow this will be hopefully one one of many oems that we're going to see actually flying go, getting through certification because they have the backing now and have money to do it yeah let's not forget about what lilium just what last week i think they combined or merged with quell acquisition core right and now they're trading yep. their uh, shares on the nasdaq so that's uh, another another success or milestone for a company like Lilium, you know, under the radar. Really didn't hear too much about that. Did we talk last time about Archer getting their G one paper? Yeah, we did. Yep. And yeah, that was a big like social media push or big. Pre I mean, they were really hyping that up. And my assumption is, but that's but that's, that's the thing with Archer. Like as much as I want to be positive, 
and not this is not just about our trades it's just in general any of the you know new entrants i think if you can be innovative and push the envelope great but when there's a, a little bit of controversy between archer and risk there's a lot of hype around g1 which is that that's a you know a, a very minimal step i feel like that there's a little bit of pandering going on um to to kind of the investors and the markets rather than you know the the the, the industry itself so you know, I, I, I'm excited to have them in the mix, but I have also read a few things that, you know, a few quotes from uh, the, the founders that have, you know, rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And and at some point, like Ravi said, hopefully we can get them on and, and um, have, a, have a chat about it because if they really truly mean this is a, a technology for all, well, they need to hire a different type of marketing and branding company because they are definitely branding themselves for the rich and famous, not for all. Yeah, now that they're public, maybe that's that could be a, a focus. I mean, we'll see who who gets on their board and um, helps helps drive the direction of the company. So, so timely comment from last week, Basil. You asked about the airlines. I think the top for or did you you know you talked about monopolizing airline you know how things changed over time after 9-11 and then we just heard the news this week doj is blocking or suing to block the JetBlue american airlines alliance or partnership so that made some uh, interesting news this week to to check that out basically looking at the same reasons right monopolization there's already four big airlines out there and it's going to continue to cut out the the little person you know the smaller the smaller airlines. Yeah, have you guys ever flown Jet? You guys ever flown JetBlue? Yeah, I definitely have. Uh, yeah, yep. Back yeah. east. Yep. Yeah. So, are they? Now, I've never flown JetBlue, but I remember when we were doing some research for the the podcast last week or two weeks ago. Um, they were kind of mentioned, or they were categorized as kind of a low cost carrier. Is that true? I mean, it seems like are they just kind of a bare bones like um, Southwest or? Uh, I would say they're a hybrid of Southwest and maybe Ryanair, but I, I they don't have the Silic Jones seats set up. Um, I mean, it's been a while; it's a few years since I flew JetBlue, but they were just a uh, yeah they 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 were just kind of like the kind of regional carriers, but a, had a larger aircraft and and ran like a larger airline but their cost the ticket prices were definitely cheaper what's their so yeah i think so yep i remember waiting on the tarmac for a couple hours back in the uh back in the day when i think JetBlue made the news quite a bit on on keeping passengers on the tarmac for quite some time hours in some cases i forget what year that was i might have had a mustache and hair who knows anyway but <laughs> oh man that's the, way back so that JetBlue must have just started then at that point. <laughs> that's thanks i appreciate it yeah twa was still fine so what <laughs> what what is the argument what's their big argument to have that partnership like what's the the driver here competing with delta and united is that the, the yeah they want to compete with delta and united for um flights in um, in the northeast i think they felt like 
Delta and United were really dominating um, the the Northeast for ops and kind of need a real third competitor in there. JetBlue's got some routes, so you could fly on both JetBlue um, or American, kind of interchange your tickets. And it was really an alliance, if I remember correctly. It's an alliance, not you know, there's they're not buying um, JetBlue. And um, it, this was approved in kind of the last days of the Trump administration and um, by the DOT. Um, and then <clears throat> I think the Biden administration had their eye on it as soon as uh, they got into office. So Interesting. Yeah, it's always, uh, that's why we have the Justice Department, right? Keep things on the up and up. <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, you, you two know that. Never mind. Okay, you know, you know where I'm going. You're going to get in your trouble. <laughs> so be All right, let's be move on. Let's move on. Hey, did you guys <laughs> did you guys hear about Airbus's uh, fixed wing aircraft? I think I sent a link to you guys about this. I did not see this, but this was interesting to see. Um, you know, Airbus unveiling the plans for a, a, a even a larger fixed wing eVTOL. That was. Uh, I don't know if you guys have kind of followed that much lately or or not, but. I mean, to be honest, I, I saw that today, so I don't I don't know a whole lot about it. But uh, there's a lot of excitement about the unveiling of it. I mean, Airbus has been involved, like Joby, um, early on in eVTOLs, but they've kind of taken a few turns um, with A-Cube kind of shutting up operations. And then I forget what they had another affiliated... They had the Vahana, um, the Vahana, which was the aircraft. Yeah, that they, yeah exactly. Their concept so the way back. The city bus or the city, city Airbus Airbus. is like the latest, yep. latest. Um, but it looks, uh, I mean, looks like a really cool design. Uh, uh, that's for sure. Yeah, four passengers. I think they're aiming for four passengers, up to about fifty miles in distance, around one hundred and twenty kilometers, seventy-five miles per hour. Though for those folks that are doing the uh, conversion uh certification 2025 prototype in 23 any more stats i can throw you but anyway check it out <laughs> very interesting and anytime Wait, airbus makes noise uh a couple pounds anyway <laughs> so yeah that's interesting i you know i've been following them for a little bit and it's it's interesting to see that pop up in the news so um again more activity there so let's see what else what else do we want to talk about guys and news wise um do we want to hit the pilot shortage news again? Because I know that keeps popping up. I feel like we've kind of hit that quite a few times, and it's not too surprising um, on the pilot shortage and what they're trying to do to, to fix it or address it. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, go ahead, Base. Well, I know they're hiring again. Um, uh, all, of course, all of the airlines are hiring. We saw a couple initiatives this um, this year, early spring, where they're partnering up with different schools to help push pilots through because of the pilot need. Um, so we'll ultimately see how successful those are. I mean, for us here in North Carolina, Elizabeth City State University was one of those partners, um, and they're an aviation school. Uh, the only, actually, the only uh, four-year pilot degree you can get in the state of North Carolina um, is at Elizabeth City State University, which is in the uh, northeastern part of our state. And um, yeah, so hopefully we'll see some success there. That school is kind of in a, a very rural area, so it doesn't get quite the attendance that I think it, it really is due. And so hopefully 
partnerships like this with big airlines. I think they're partnered up with United, if I'm correct, um, to help push pilots toward uh, toward the United pipeline. Yeah, I mean, you've got that, then you've got civilians, I think instructors, and you got, I mean, there's, there's so many gaps that they need to address here to really address this overall shortage. So it'll be interesting to monitor this and see where how it progresses over time as we sort of see some light at the end of the tunnel with the uh, variants and, and Delta and Delta variant or Legion variant or whatever it's called, um, you know, and try to get out of this, this, uh, crazy year and a half. Hey, just by the, by the way, I do want to point out California lowest COVID cases. Thank you. Please hold your applause. What? What? You guys have the lowest, what? Yeah, lowest, we do. Lack, lowest uh, population? Yeah, per... lowest rates of uh, COVID in the state of California out of the whole country. Big change. Wow, wow. Big change. that's impressive. Big change, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's keep going up and down. I mean, who knows? Next month it could be something else. It's just kind of like when they say coffee's not good for you, the next month they say coffee's great for you. Anyway, uh, a lot of back and forth, the pendulum swings. So if you're seeing, though, employee vaccine mandates, um, in fact, uh, affecting uh, quite a few people, uh, quite a few businesses, obviously, you know, making sure their employees are vaccinated. I think it's companies or businesses over a hundred people. Um, that's what the Biden administration came out with last week. So well, interesting to see how that continues to kind of, you know, impact folks. And it's going to be a struggle because you'll see, we're seeing it now folks not wearing masks, not folks, not wanting to get vaccinated and, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a a challenge moving ahead for a lot of businesses in the industries. You know, whether it's in our industry or whether it's in the restaurant industry, service industry, um, definitely, uh, definitely a uh, a tough one to 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 really figure out and solve. But I don't think it's too tough to figure out if you can get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. If you can wear a mask, wear a mask. Halloween's coming up, so there you go. You already got a mask. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we're when by the time this podcast comes out we probably will have already been to the moves uh 2021 uh conference down in austin um austin texas it's right hey man i got matthew mcconaughey already lined up as our guest <laughs> nice yeah. nice awesome well oh, i'm sure he'll bring bring his he has a farm full of animals too so hopefully you've accommodated for all of that yeah, Matthew McConaughey. We're gonna ask about his political uh, aspirations because he's made news on uh, wanting to maybe get into office. He said he's uh, weighing it right now. So, wow, I'm definitely gonna. Uh, yeah. I'll jump on that campaign. So, you know, a lot of. Uh, we have a man crush what? on Matthew. No, I just know there's gonna be a lot of partying. So that's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you got. You so we're supposed to. Views. We're supposed to submit a. So for this particular event, we have to either submit proof of vaccine or. We have to get a test the day before, or what? Two days before, seventy-two yeah. hours. I believe, three, right? Three, three yeah. days. Chris is sharing this with us in a group chat that we have, and so I'd, then he he points out. Well, I mentioned that you could get your vaccine card and share it with uh, the vendor that's helping run the show, and then that would uh, that be adequate for you to get in. He's like, "Well, I'm in North Carolina. I don't know where my vaccine card is, <laughs> man." No faith in your own state, Chris. So I, mean, I had to, I had to show him, like, you know, there's a website you can go to. You can look up your vac- uh, vaccination uh, status. Oh, 
this is why we, we do things in teams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could definitely, like I, and like I said in our WhatsApp messaging, and yes, it's a plug for WhatsApp, uh, you could easily put it into your Apple wallet. So for your iPhone. You know, the, you know, the, the Chinese, uh, no, let me not go down that rabbit hole, but yeah. Someone's spying on you, mate. Someone's spying on you. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Uh, I mean, what, I know. In the Apple wallet? Yeah, he has a, I remember Chris is a droid guy, so he's not a big Apple fan. Oh, my goodness. Apple bottom jeans. So, and, which is so know. frustrating when you have a group text message on. I don't know, for all the Apple users on here, how frustrating is when you get a group text and then you send a message? Yeah. You get one back and it's green and you're like, oh, my goodness. Who yeah. on this group <laughs> doesn't have an iPhone? Come on. Unfriend. Unfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the uh, I guess you won't be in line for iPhone 13 or whatever number they're at to uh, or up to. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you've seen everything about Texas and Florida. I was in Charleston, North, uh, South Carolina, a few days ago, and I mean, literally, it, it was like COVID never happened. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I mean, Austin is obviously, you know. A, a, a lot more progressive or, or liberal of a, of a city, but still, um, today I think I shared an article where a couple got kicked out of a restaurant for wearing a mask to protect their child who had cystic cystic fibrosis in Texas. I, I don't remember the city, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> we hey guys, we might be en- end up doing Grubhub for three days. <laughs> <laughs> Conference and back to the house. Well, good for the, I mean, I think it's very difficult for these folks hosting conferences to make these type of decisions. I think I'd applaud, you know, moves for trying to move ahead and um, come up with a plan. And I think the vaccine card or testing is, is, is good. I think that's a good plan. Folks want to get out. They want to meet and engage and, um, kind of continue at business somewhat as normal but uh so yeah it's, it's gonna better be... than canceling i don't think i can do another virtual event either <laughs> yeah and i mean look i mean this is a personal opinion um but vaccine cards i had to get a vaccine card before i came over to go to flight school college in in the u.s uh making sure i got my shots and, and that's something that's in place now so i, I just don't kind of understand the the drama and the controversy behind it i mean it's something that's been in place for other other diseases and you know uh, i think it's it's all about safety and public health so um i don't i don't understand what the what the big deal is but it's going to be a uh, <clears throat> an interesting conference next week so move america which is really focused on mobility um sustainability you're going to look at We'll hear some some folks uh, leading the uh, the charge in in hybrid electric aircraft. I mean, it's gonna be very very interesting. Uber, LA Metro. I mean, so many people from from the transportation world will be there, and talking really about that that future, that forward thinking types of technology. Um, and the No U Turn podcast, baby. And we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be interviewing uh, Chris. Actually, do you want to tell us tell everybody we'll be interviewing? I guess virtually from from Austin, but. He's uh, linked back to Texas, of course. Um, I, I don't know. Do we want to? Do we want to uh, surprise our listeners? Yeah, let's or, just surprise or? him. Let's surprise him. So when <laughs> when Elon joins the podcast next week, yeah, and, uh, well, oh, I did you know. it already. 
Oh my goodness, oh. Mr. Mr. Huffman is not going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, so yeah, we've got the Austin trip next week, and then we're going to follow that up with a DC trip mid October. Um, yeah, I'm I'm um, glad I'm vaccinated. That's for sure. But uh, so we'll we'll have some fun interviewing some more people potentially in person in DC as well. So we'll see. Um, a lot of fun. I'll get to see you two guys in person. Oh, in the East Coast weather. Oh, man, that sucks. It's the first time, right? The three of us have been... Ha- have the three of us... What was the last time? I, I don't even remember the last time. that Have the know. three of us been... I don't think we've uh, all been together. Not in a long time. No. Wow. I don't it's think ever, though. Since ever. When I was in L.A. I uh, mean, we've all Chris, met separately, yeah, but we, I don't Chris, think... Chris, I don't think you I came was... out there with me when I went and no. went out with Robbie. It's weird. Chris wow. is never in the they same room you. with Basil that went on there. And then vice versa. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, only one bald person. Well, this is going to be a <laughs> landmark trip. But let's, uh, let's talk about Dr. Drone. Uh, or the original. I don't know. We have two Dr. Drones. There's a, there's a real Dr. Drone and the original Dr. Drone. Which one are you? <laughs> Uh, I'm not the real, I, I don't actually have a MD or PhD, so. Okay, um, so you're the original. I'm the original. You're the OG. You're yeah. the OG. Oh. All right. So you're just Basil. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> the story behind this name I've got as Dr. Drone, I don't know if we shared this before, but it originated from when I was working at North Carolina DUT as the UAS program manager, and it was November I think of like 2014 and we're coming into the holiday season and the NCDOT communications department wanted to put out some, uh, some news or press around safely using drones. And so we, um, you know, we're brainstorming, what can we do? And, uh, the director of aviation at that time, Mr. Walston, was like, oh, I got this great idea. How about you, uh, how about you put on a lab coat? We'll call you Dr. Drone. That way you can really connect with the kids. I'm like, uh, um, anyhow, he's the boss. So I said, yes. <laughs> so I went to like a, uh, I think I went to like a <clears throat> used when, or places sold medical equipment that also happened to have like a white lab coat <laughs> What? and bought, bought a white lab coat and so then they're like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to call a press conference and we're going to host it in the hangar at RDU. You come out with your white lab coat and you can talk to the TV stations there that are going to, um, you know, broadcast this and share this. And you can be talking, you know, like you're talking to kids that are going to be opening up a drone or a present and get a drone. And you can talk about the rules. And so I'm like, oh, that seems cool. So we came up with a script. Except it was like super awkward because there's no kids there. I'm like in a hangar talking to adults that are have uh, I have like four TV cameras. All the local TV stations are there, and uh, and I'm like acting like I'm talking to kids around how to safely fly drones. So I'm like, yeah, I don't you know don't fly higher than 400 feet and don't fly over people. Blah blah blah. Um, but anyways, that's how the leg that's how that name and legacy was born. <laughs> from this idea that probably I should have said, oh, I don't know if I'm so sure that's a good idea, but kinda, ended up going through with it. It kind of scares me that you could just walk into a place and buy a, a doctor's jacket or whatever it's called 
Did you get a stethoscope too? I mean, that's kind of no, like I didn't get it. That was know. too far. That was they're like ah stethoscope maybe not. It's kind of like me going into a store and like buying a, a policeman's own, a police uniform and a badge and Billy stick or whatever you call it. Is that what it's called? Billy club. Billy, Billy stick. Club. Billy club. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's just a yeah. It, it didn't uh, didn't come with any credentials or anything, so you know. <laughs> But um, it was in, that was actually an interesting press conference that we had in the hangar. So we had it at the hangar at the airport in um, at at Raleigh at RDU, and we, there's another gentleman there who brought a drone in to fly around. And the hangar's closed, and so we're flying the drone around inside the hangar because, of course, if we're flying outside the hangar, then we got to follow the rules around flying in the national airspace. And this is back before. Um, Part 107 came out, and so we had to fly it under a COA, and it was a little bit more complicated. Well, the gentleman who was flying this really nice drone around in the hangar um, also kind of, I guess, forgot maybe that you don't get a good GPS signal, so it's going to be a little bit different than <laughs> flying outside. And so while we were flying around, he had to make a hard landing uh, to, to put it down. Cause it was kind of drifting all over the place. Cause it didn't have a GPS reading. And of course we're between like, you know, million dollar aircraft, um, that are in the hangar, but anyhow, uh, had a hard landing and no aircraft, nobody was injured. Uh, and it was a bit of a success, but it got pretty hairy there for a second. We were getting pretty nervous. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. Dr. Jerome was born. It's amazing. So then after that, they're like, oh, well, how about we do these Facebook sessions? Uh, so I would like live stream and be like, oh, guys, I'll answer your questions. And it was like crickets. <laughs> oh. They're like, we have uh, we have three people logged on. I'm like, okay, so one is the NCDUT communication staff. One is probably like <laughs> uh, my wife. Uh, and who's the third? Like the third's actually a legitimate person. But we had a lot of fun with them. We actually had a... There was an employee at NCDUT whose husband um, was uh, dressed up as Santa Claus every year, and so we did a we did a little promo, thirty second promo, with him um, around safely flying drones. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, That's pretty awesome. Using though. the Doctor Drone name, yeah. So you managed to catapult that um, what seven years ago, eight years ago, into quite the busy COVID, COVID time um, U.S. portfolio. So do you, I don't know where to even start. You've had a, you've had a lot of achievements slash um, news um, that a lot of people probably don't know about. Um, so I think maybe you should um, share it on no U-turn. Yeah. Well, I think so there's, we all kind of have some experiences in life that I think um, change the course or trajectory, whether for good or for bad. And um, sometimes those experiences can be bad, but you realize that they definitely are impactful. And I think one of those experiences for me in my life was um, turning 30. And then a few weeks after that, being uh, diagnosed with cancer, I had lymphoma. And um, so that was in 2012 that that happened. And so I had been having some abdomen pain and um, anyways had been 
talking with a doctor and they thought it was like indigestion. And so I'm treating it for that. But anyhow, got to a point where I just couldn't handle anymore and went to the hospital. And they found out that I had um, some masses in my abdomen. And so, you know, talking with the doctor, the oncologist about what the treatment's going to look like. And, you know, we're like, so what stage is it? And they're like, well, it's in your liver and it's in your... um, you know, uh, abdomen, they're like, we would probably say, you know, we don't really use stages anymore, but we would say it's stage four. So pretty, pretty crazy. Again, 30 years old, two kids, uh, young kids, and not what you're going to expect when you're 30 years old. And I mean, embarrassingly, they like come in and they're like, well, we think it's lymphoma. And I'm like, quickly searching on my phone, like, what the heck is lymphoma? So anyhow, that particular experience, though, uh, I had six treatments of chemo and a lot of time to kind of think about life and, you know, the future. And after after that um, kind of episode and I was able to go through the cancer treatments, um, the director of aviation at North Carolina, DOT, Mr. Walston, Bobby Walston, reached out and, and asked me to come back. I had worked at NCDUT as an intern in the airports group, and he asked me to come back and help. Um, there was a spot open. He knew I'd always kind of wanted to work in that area, especially around airports. And so um, I came back, and I kind of had a new focus, I think, on what I wanted to do with my career, and I was really excited, and he was talking about UAS at that time. And so <clears throat> I started taking work a lot more serious <laughs> and, you know, finding, trying to find uh, – you know, satisfaction in, in my job and what I was doing and pursuing things that I really wanted to, uh, to do. And drones and UAS were one of those things that kind of fascinated me all along. And I kind of wanted to really just dive headfirst in there. And so I was able to have that opportunity when I joined back again with him in 2013. Um, and so this is after I, you know, after my treatment, it was about six months after my treatment, this opportunity came up. And so it was just heads down. I was really excited about making a change and doing something exciting. And so uh, I kind of was given, as I tell people, the keys to the car, um, so to speak. Right at that time, the U.S. program needed to be established, and I was given a lot of flexibility in, uh, in addition to some others in the department or that were contracted to the department to help start and establish a program. And so from that, you know, to 14 to 16, um, trying to help internally DOT establish a drone program. The surveyors, the bridge inspectors, the engineers, and everyone kind of saw this need and saw a use for it, but they didn't really know how to acquire the technology, what was the product they were going to get, and um, they needed a central point of contact within the DOT, and so we kind of helped get that program established um, in in slowly started getting drones out to to folks really um it was a lot of policy and procedures that need to be written in in education that happened and at the same time north carolina passed a law around um uh, operators needed to get a permit uh uas operators both government and commercial operators needed to get a permit to fly and so we created essentially an online uh test and permitting process 
Um, similar to the driver's license process for drones, the first of its kind in the U.S., I think the only of its kind in the U.S., we've gotten a lot of attention around it. Some folks said, you can't do that. That's the role of the FAA. And at the time, the legislator, the legislature thought, well, FAA is not doing anything. Part 107 wasn't out, and they passed these laws in 2014. And so we got this program up and running as well online for operator permits, both government and commercial operators. And we had a test that was focused on, you know, understanding what the North Carolina laws were, which uh, example law is you actually can't use a drone to interfere with the lawful taking of wildlife. Wow. (laughs) So if someone's out duck hunting, you can't be going flying a drone and scaring all the ducks off. Um, (laughs) Or you can't be, uh, you know scaring off deer or, or whatever else they're they're taking as long as it's lawful and um and then also you know there were of course lots of concerns around privacy it seemed like everyone had a young daughter who was you know sunbathing in their backyard next to their pool because everyone you know that was a use case that everyone brought up what about trend flying in the backyard taking a photo of my daughter and i mean it raises some really you know legitimate and good questions about you know who owns the airspace in your backyard which it's really I, I feel like is still not answered today and um and they were grappling with these back in 2014 so they said hey we're gonna just throw some laws in place around this it wasn't i say throw i mean there was a, a whole process of course to to getting these laws passed so that was interesting and exciting experience to get kind of dot focused on the use of drones and then also get um this first of its kind operator permit up and running in the state yeah, and setting and then, the trend right yeah so then we the the trump administration decided they wanted to move forward with a pilot program around integrating you know uasn this was the uas integration pilot program and we'd heard rumblings around this in the summer of 2017 from folks and so October of 2017, they actually released, uh, the memo was signed. And so you had like three months to figure out a proposal. And some of the first use cases that, uh, we, you know, we were brainstorming, we were brainstorming with uh, NC State University was, was one of the folks in those early conversations. And they had worked with um, Dr. Ginn, who was out at Wake Med. And uh, of course... So is he the real, real Dr. Drone? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's the okay. legit Dr. Drone, so... The legit, okay. I don't know. He's a legit Dr. Drone, but Basil might be the people's Dr. Drone. Ba- Basil is OG. <laughs> Basil is the OG. But he, um, so he was, you know, we sat down with him, and he had already been talking to Matternet, and so I kind of thought back to, of course, my experience in the hospital, all those, you know, awful... Uh, chemo treatments, which if you go through, I mean, for those who have gone through them, know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's, you're miserable. And I was really excited about how UAS or drones now could impact healthcare and impact, um, right, improving healthcare outcomes. And he was sharing these ideas about, oh, we can move pharmacy items, we can move blood. And we really got excited about that use case. And so that's what we decided to focus on in our proposal. And then you know, happened to reach out to, to Zipline as well, who was um, in obviously in this space and was interested in um, in North Carolina and being a partner. And so that that winter, I remember like over Christmas break, we were r- still writing that uh, proposal. And my wife's like, you know, 
you better win this thing because this is a lot of time that's taken up on our, you know, at our vacation house and you're supposed to be spending time <laughs> with family and you're in here with these folks, you know, on calls writing this proposal. And, right. all, you know, thankfully we were <laughs> successful. We submitted it in January of 2018. Crickets, no one reached out to us. No one asked for any clarifying documents. We had no idea if we were going to get it or not. Frankly, we thought we weren't going to get it because we heard others had been reached out to. And we were at AUVSI Exponential in, I think it was in Denver. And um, I got an email that said, because I was the point of contact on it, that said, hey, we need to, we need you to sign an NDA with us. It was the FAA. And so we were like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then read the NDA, and here was around being select, selected for the UAS Integration Pilot Program. So that was really exciting. That's awesome. Because I think that really propelled what we were doing in North Carolina and put us, you know, center stage. So that's excellent. Yeah. That's, that's taking, uh, you know, it's, it's extremely inspiring just to, you know, face adversity and you turn that into such a positive, right? Such a success. That's, that's, uh, it's tough to do for many people. Yeah, that is inspiring. I mean, obviously 30, I, I knew you had gone through this. I didn't know the details. So, um, it is, kind of <clears throat> shocking to know you know that that people yourself included at those ages uh, are vulnerable to these diseases that could be kind of the end right so yeah i'm sure you, you got a whole new perspective on life and and um you know kind of got after it and and the success in in your career recently is is a, a kind of a uh, kind of a reward um, if, if I don't know if you see it as a reward or a kind of a culmination of all the work over the last uh, seven, seven, eight years, but I guess fast forward IPP to now, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the successes that the IPP has had in North Carolina, but I feel like now that has propelled you into other, other areas of focus and, and potential, you know, success. Do you kind of want to touch on some of the new adventures you're on? Yeah. So one of the things we did is we started a podcast with these two goofballs, and um, <laughs> and that was pretty. <laughs> oh, really? So I didn't know you were on a second podcast. Wait, you have a competing <laughs> podcast going on? Come on, man. What's it called? Uh, what's it called? Detour. We we, you know, no detour. We, we, yeah, you can't lead with the cancer and then drop a bomb on us like that. <laughs> no, well, you know this. Earlier this year, we were all on the Lawa um, call, and and we had that week long um, event, STEM event, and we all shared personal stories. And you know, when the time's right, you guys will be able to share some of your personal stories and the adversity that you faced and, you know, things that kind of were a shock, of course. And I think they all, they all, they definitely change us for the better. I mean, that's why we're all kind of here now doing, doing what we're doing, putting our time in for this podcast and what we want to do with the podcast, improve um, the lives of others and help others be exposed to aviation and transportation. So, you know, it's those type of events that really make us passionate about these kind of things. Um, But yeah, now today, uh, you know, I wore the hat of being a state employee and then um, have been a consultant helping states. And over the last year, I've been really fortunate to kind of take another step in in having a little bit of ownership now in some of the work 
and and uh, that we can put in helping build this industry. And so we started a nonprofit in um, in Winston Salem, focused on kind of building a really a community around UAS Advanced Air Mobility. And Winston Salem has had a long history of um, of aviation with Piedmont Airlines being there. And for those of you who are not familiar, it's a medium-sized city in um, in Winston-Salem, uh, home of Krispy Kreme. So, <laughs> and also home oh, of... Is that where the, that race happens? Don't they have like a 5K or some kind of... Oh, no, that's... Krispy Dunkin Kreme Donuts. Challenge is at NC State. Oh, okay. So we'll take oh a quick God. detour. So as All an right. NC State alum, uh, let me explain this race to you. So you take off, you run probably, uh, I'd say you run probably two miles, maybe it's a mile and a half down to a Krispy Kreme. So you leave the bell tower at, on the campus in Raleigh, North Carolina, you run a mile and a half down to a Krispy Kreme. They give you a dozen donuts, you eat a dozen donuts, and then you run all oh the way back in the mile and a half and touch the, the bell tower. That's called the Krispy oh, Kreme Challenge. Wow, we have something similar uh, uh, to that here in uh, Hermosa Beach. It's uh, you run a mile, grab a surfboard, paddle a mile in the ocean, then you chug a six pack of beer. So, anyway, back to your story. Up on shore. <laughs> yeah. At least you're back on shore. So, I guess keeping down is keeping down the Krispy Kreme donuts uh, part of the challenge. Or yeah, really? it's a challenge. Okay. Are they all like uh, like different types? You of You know donuts, what we need or? to do, guys? It's in January. Ravi. You need to come to North Carolina, and we need to do the Krispy Kreme challenge this year. We got Krispy Kremes yeah, over here. Year. I'll just I'll just pick up a whole dozen over here. How many How many donuts did you say? Dozen donuts. A dozen donuts. Wow. That's a lot. Are of they original donuts, donuts? Oh, like the glaze? Are they chocolate glaze? It's the glaze, oh, and the god. glaze will kill you. Oh god! What Some if they were jelly just filled? Rinse the glaze off and eat the donut. They'll like crush it up into a little ball. What if they were jelly filled? That'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. Oh, right. Awesome I couldn't even. I could not finish a whole dozen, and I wasn't rinsing the water off. I mean, sorry, I wasn't rinsing the glaze off with water. I could not finish a dozen. Like, your mouth is just, like, so dry from eating that much sugar. It's donuts, man. No amount of water that you're drinking. See, see, I think I could eat 12 samosas, but no way am I going to do 12 donuts. Oh, my goodness. What? All that sugar would kill me. Well, you never know if you you haven't tried it yet. You should try it. Mm. All right. All right. We get back to Basil. 2022. All right, so Winston-Salem is also home of uh, Texas Pete. <laughs> Texas, I love Texas Pete. So, yeah, when I went to Elon College, that was Texas Pete everywhere. Yeah, I love it. All right, sorry. Hijack your story. But it's also home to a lot of legacy tobacco, just like North Carolina. There's a lot of legacy tobacco um, money in, in the city. Yeah, uh, like I Durham, smoke cigarettes like down there, too. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that money now is being put in to building these communities back up and a focus around innovation. We saw this in Durham. We're seeing this now in Winston-Salem. And so we wanted to take this idea of the nonprofit to help pull uh, startup companies to Winston-Salem. They can have access to these traditional um, entrepreneurship uh, programs and, you know, accelerators and incubator space. Wow. But also, we wanted this nonprofit to really kind of solve the localized UTM concept. So we want the nonprofit called Airx to to build um, a system within the city, a UTM system to allow folks like um, Atrium Wake Forest Baptist Hospital to fly drones beyond visual line of sight, or Novant, which is another big hospital to fly drones beyond uh, line of sight as well. 
And so we did that through a nonprofit because there's a little bit more flexibility I've recognized from all my years in government that we can have with a nonprofit versus being, you know, in the government role. So we're really excited about that. Um, and there's a lot of things that I've, I've been able to see and I wanted to focus on while I was working, you know, with the state and, and consulting with the state. And now we can kind of do it through this nonprofit, which is really exciting. And then the second part to that is I've also been fortunate to be part of a venture fund that is now focused on um, advanced air mobility. And, and so we're able to help, uh, you know, these startup companies, early stage startup companies grow. And so some of that knowledge I've learned over these years from all of the, the experience I can help put toward these startup companies. And then now I get, of course, some equity in, you know, in their success. So the ones that are successful, um, it's really kind of, uh, you know, validating and, and uh, helpful and encouraging when you can um, invest in a company, help them grow based on your experience. And then you see them, you know, really kind of take off and, um, and then you can have some of the, the equity in that business and success. So kind of played a different, quite a few different roles from state, <laughs> state to consultant to now nonprofit and, and uh, VC fund. So the only role I haven't played is, uh, is as a startup, <laughs> actually being in a startup. But I don't know if I think that might be too stressful at this point in my life. What's the uh, whoa, whoa. the venture what, called? What are you saying? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? <laughs> I guess I gotta wait my turn. But man, come on now. What's the uh, Basil? What's the venture called? Is it the venture fund Prince? is called um, AeroX Ventures. Yeah, AeroX Ventures. AeroX so, Ventures. And AeroX is Aero Exponential, Aero Exploration. Yeah, AeroX Exploration. So got it. Um, Kind of like the SpaceX, SpaceX, you don't want to stutter nice. on that one. <laughs> SpaceX uh, idea, right? Space exploration. So that's pretty awesome. Right, cool. And, and your, your own company is part of that um, HoveCon, right? And we talked about HoveCon last season. Yeah, HoveCon is, is a consulting firm and really our, our bread and butter is helping um, really state and local government. That's where we have most of our experience helping them understand you know, how to either start a UAS program or uh, write policy and procedures to help manage, you know, those type of operations, whether through contracts or in their jurisdiction. So, you know, we've been fortunate to work with the state of North Carolina, um, the state of Wyoming, and have been working with some airports as well. Um, and, you know, a lot of my <laughs> work before getting into UAS was around airport development. So that seemed like a natural um, place to focus. So airports, obviously not maybe where you want to be flying drones um, because it could interfere with, uh, with the operations, but we know that there's lots of great use cases as well. Chris led that uh, ACRP study on UAS at airports. And so how do you manage this new type of aviation uh, asset and, you know, all kind of, aviation use cases should have access to an airport and um, so you got to figure out how you can safely integrate them so we've been working with folks like Fort Lauderdale and and, um, and also Syracuse um, airport up in New York so really exciting and, and fortunate to have um, you know Chris as well supporting those efforts and, and the, all the knowledge he brings to the table so we've been fortunate on the HoveCon side to have those type of opportunities. And I mean, frankly, I really have to say I've been, I love what I do and I've been very fortunate to continue to be able to do this and get paid for it. 
Yeah, it's pretty amazing because throughout the, it seems like the theme here is ever since, you know, um, you've gone through the cancer, it's it's really just making an impact everything you do. So, I mean, do you find yourself coming back to that moment, you know, kind of using that moment, that challenge, that struggle, that that fight to push you, continue to push you forward, right, as, an, as your own driver, personally? Yeah, I do have to think, I do have to think back to... Um, definitely that experience and when you have an experience like that too so i've been fortunately i've been cancer free um they essentially two years after i went through my treatment they said look the chances of you getting cancer again is just as likely as anyone else getting you know lymphoma for the first time which was just which is really awesome but in the back of the mind you always in the back of my mind at least i always have this thought like oh shoot you know what if it comes back and so that definitely is something that drives you to to kind of pursue those goals that you want to and, and get them complete. So one of the things also I put off Man. for a long time is finishing my pilot license, my private pilot license. And so that's another thing I have on my plate now that I want to finish because, um, you know, we often we put things off and next thing you know, we're all going to be retired. And there's a lot of things we'd wish we'd, we had done. And so I think having... Um, uh, the front of your mind, the things you want to accomplish and be very diligent about accomplishing them. And you got to surround yourself with the right people. So um, people that are going to encourage you to to succeed and help you get those goals or have common aligned goals. So, Yeah, man, that, that's, I mean, you got an amazing story, right? I mean, you're, I was, you know, I was talking to someone, a friend of mine, and I was trying to figure out all three of us are very diverse in our backgrounds and I I couldn't, you know, I always kind of like, Basil is like, what, Chinese, Hawaiian, <laughs> Maryland, North Carolina, it's like, it's like <laughs> um, all so, the above. Yeah, you know, so it, it is, you know, quite amazing that, you know, like you said, we all have our, our stories and, and, but, you know, cancer is, I lost my mom to cancer and, um, you know, obviously, so glad that you obviously survived it and you continue to survive it and super impressed with everything you've accomplished man i mean obviously our paths cross because of drones but i think our lives are better for for just knowing some of the challenges we each of us have been through and and i think also our ability to share it because i think um you know ravi and i were chatting about this earlier like you know, as as I think there are times where we, we don't like to the spotlight on us, but I think you know, at some it's there are times where we we, we can pay pay it forward by sharing sharing our stories and I think your story is one of those one of those inspirational stories that will touch touch people's lives. So appreciate you sharing the details because oh, yeah. to be honest I, I, I didn't I didn't know those. Well, I think we all, you know, when you guys share your story as well, we'll recognize we all kind of have similar experiences. And I mean, we found this. Um, I, I mean, I found out, you know, adversity that folks had faced that I had no idea about. Um, in, in fact, in some of the chats that you've helped put together, Chris, pulling folks together. And that's been that's been very helpful. Um so it's, you know, when we kind of stop to pause and pause and can share these stories among ourselves and, and those in our um, 
kind of social circles or work circles, you really recognize that folks have been through a lot and it creates a whole new perspective on how you interact with them and also encourages you as well. So Indeed. Indeed. Well, thank you. Thank you, my friend. Um, glad you're um, around and, and obviously hope we can grow all together and continue to chat on the podcast and off and and be i don't know what the number of episode will be but i i'll still i'll still remember uh ravi being like shouldn't we be episode one of season two <laughs> <laughs> love you brother love you yeah all right guys another uh, episode in the books so as usual let's uh end the podcast with a fun question basil what do you uh what do you got up your sleeve this week well in honor of uh norm mcdonald who we talked about at the top of the hour, um, who, who's recently passed away. Let's talk about our favorite uh, favorite comedians, both stand-up and actors. What do you guys think? Wow, All top right. three, no, top I like five. The, I like the top three, top five. What are we, get, what are we looking Let's at? Let's do top three. Oof. Top three hard. actors. They can be stand-up or they can be... Sorry, <laughs> I said actors. Top three top comedians. Three comedians. Yeah, stand-up or um, actors. Or maybe they do both. Yeah, they could. I mean, there are quite quite a few recently that do both. Oh, historically, but yeah. Um, now nah, that's awesome. Let's get it. Basil, All right, do you want to go first? Oh. Or do I go first? Or do, does Ravi go first? Who's going first? Uh, I'll go first. Chris, go ahead. All right. Oh, We'll right. switch it up. Well, Chris usually does go first, and I go second. Yes, but we're gonna yes. we're gonna switch things up this time. <clears throat> so um, one of my one of my favorite actors, uh, comedians, is um, is Jason Bateman. <laughs> I think um, I just always thought he was hilarious in Arrested Development, and I feel like any other movie I see him, although he he plays like kind of a similar character in a lot of the different movies, but I find him just to be hilarious him and of course will Farrell and david cross were kind of a great well all of the actors in arrested development were were great but anyhow um and jason bateman i think he's definitely in my top three um there's probably a top five i have but uh the, the next one would be um will Farrell. Like I think back to Will Ferrell okay. in saturday night live all those celebrity jeopardies i thought were hilarious and Anchorman, there's a lot of great um, uh, movies that he's done after his time on SNL. So even though he's a little bit over the top sometimes, I just find him consistently to be to be hilarious. Talking about Will Ferrell, <laughs> have you have you seen the recent kind of meme? Not meme, but like I guess the TikTok yeah challenge thing. On? Yeah, like Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Yeah. And oh, that was holy pretty funny. crap, the dude has some range in his voice. I was like, this dude can hit some notes. Yeah. So he's funny and can sing. I mean, think about all the movies that he did. Um, uh, what's the movie that they're the models? For some reason, it's just totally skipping my mind. Um, Zoolander. Where, they live where one he or is the, uh, now Zoolander, Zoolander. where oh, he right. plays like the... <laughs> With ben fashion Siller. designer, he's got that super small uh, yeah. thing. Mugatu, yeah, yeah, Mugatu, yeah. 
That yeah, is pretty funny. funny. So he's he's face. consistently funny as well. I think my last, I mean, there's so many other. I really like Norm Macdonald too. I thought he was great. Um, but another, and I really enjoyed Jerry Seinfeld. Um, I enjoyed the show, and I thought I saw him do stand up, and have listened to a lot of his stand up stuff. He's he's pretty hilarious. His observations of the world. Um, but recently, I've been um, watching this guy Nate Bargatze. And uh, just actually went to a show of his. That was a Father's Day gift from my uh, kids and wife. Um, went to nice. Nate, Nate Bargatze stand-up show in Greensboro a couple weeks ago. And he's pretty hilarious, too. He actually has a story, if you ever look him up on Netflix special. And he has a story about going to Wilmington, North Carolina. And, um, and visiting a Serpentarium there. It's just a hilarious um, story. Anyhow. If you don't know who he is, check him out. He's clean enough you can, you know, be listening to him with your kids in the car. But um, yeah, those those are my top three. In case you haven't heard of Nate, look him up. But you probably heard of <laughs> Jason and Will for sure. Yeah, Jason Bateman. I know he's. I've known him mostly as an actor, but um, yeah, he's a funny guy. But Will Farrell is is definitely on point, and I don't. I I've not seen much of Nate Pagazi, so I gotta I gotta look him up. Any shout outs to 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 others who because comedians man that is also good i I know I'm gonna give a couple of shout outs outside of my top three so well, I did shout out to norm Mcdonald and I do I, oh there you go yeah. boom you did <laughs> and and Jerry Seinfeld as well, so I know these seem to be kind of mainstream folks, but I do I feel like they're probably popular for a reason, but hi right, Ralph, you up next. Well, yeah, I mean, I think shout out Russell Peter is definitely for us. Uh, Russell, us folk. Russell, so, my God, but top Russell. three, uh, top three. I mean, uh, you know, with Bill Cosby. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. With <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, oh um, <laughs> you know, I've always been a big classical comedian fan, like the old guys. Uh, just from growing up, you know, like I, my dad digging, and I always brother, liked all the keep digging. Yeah, no, my, my dad and I always like the old comedians, like the old, yeah, right. <laughs> the, the old, the old comedians, you know, growing up with Monty Python and all those funny shows, but then oh, the man, other guys like back. Don Rickles. Yeah. yeah the night yeah, like, I, I always liked the guys that just kind of like put it out there and like, were kind of self, you know, I always use the word self-deprecating. I know it's not the word, but, um, you know, kind of beat beat up on themselves, make fun of themselves. Don Rickles was always funny. He was a classic guy. <laughs> Ronnie Dangerfield, definitely, definitely Ronnie Dangerfield. Um, for those that know me, I know. Hopefully, a lot of them know. I love. Wait, Ronnie. are these shoutouts these or are your like top Johnny three? Johnny Carson, like, uh, I would say Ronnie Dangerfield is my is my definitely top three. Uh, okay. Robin Williams, hundred percent top top three. He's probably number one or number two. And you know, classic Eddie Murphy. I mean, I I'm a Born in 1975, grew up in those years where Eddie Murphy was just hilarious in this delirious stand-up special, and then the Eddie Murphy Raw, and then everything he did was just hilarious back then. Um, and then, of course, he turned to an amazing career as an actor, too. So, yeah, I mean, those top three, like I said, Ron Williams, Eddie Murphy, and uh, Rodney Dangerfield, definitely. Uh, but shout-outs to the old classics like Don Rickles and others before him. And um, I do like some of the other ones that kind of push the uh, envelope for sure you know george carlin was a was an amazing one um you know everybody loves richard Pryor and seinfeld and those guys but you know 
I just there's so many. I mean, I love comedy. Yeah, I it's love, a hard list. It's a hard list. Yeah, I mean, stand-up comedy what, what, has got to be so difficult. Where's Dave Chappelle rank for you? Chappelle's up there. Conan O'Brien, my God, he's just hilarious, yeah, like he's, goofy, yeah. just funny. Um, yeah, those are people that just make you laugh. Like I just want to have Larry David. I love if everybody's watched. Uh, I can keep going here. Yeah, these are all shoutouts now. Um, you know, Red Fox and Chris. I know you like Trevor Noah. He's he's pretty funny. Um, there's so many. There's just so many. But we love. I just love comedians. I love the stand up. Yeah. Act. Yeah, I l- it's just I- a tough. It's a tough one to do. Yeah, it's a tough top three. I mean, you know, Mike Epps comes to Chris Tucker, Martin Lawrence. Um, I love the the black stand-up comedians. They're hilarious. But I, I would put George Collin in my top three. Like, he is just... Um, smart comedian. Oh, smart. Um, he's, he, you know, he can just riff on politics and, and you know, current events and... Um, just, he's just amazing. And I, I continuously watch his, you know, YouTube videos. Um, so George Collin is definitely my top three. Um, I was trying to think, you know, I was Chappelle or Robin Williams and they're so, their styles are so different. Uh, Robin Williams is hilarious and, and also kind of, up, up, you know, his acting was amazing. Um, so I, it's hard. I don't know. Chappelle just is just just so talented and, and just comes up with so many, um, you know, so many different styles. So I, I think I might lean towards Chappelle in my top three. Um, I, I did mention Epps and Tucker, Lawrence, of the, all the Def Jam comedians, just, you know, insane. I did watch Jim Jeffries at, at um, D, what, what's it, Deepak? Is it Deepak? Durham uh, Performing Arts Center? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember they had like metal detectors uh, when we went in there just to make sure that people were not bringing guns. It was just kind of crazy because he, <laughs> he has a skit on guns that apparently offended a bunch of people in the South. Um, um, as my third, you know, Kevin Hart is, is funny um, and he's a great actor and he's just such a personality um i was thinking kevin hart but i'm gonna cheat here a little bit and go go with the like bernie mac made me crack <laughs> up all the time oh he was great he was awesome off the chart so i'm gonna cheat here and go with the kings of comedy because those guys man cedric the entertainer mm-hmm. steve harvey dj hughley those four guys and, and I'll, I'll end with this um uh, 2001, one of my friends, and uh, you told your story today, Basil, um, and, you know, I was in college, one of my close friends in college um, died in a motorcycle accident, um, you know, after he left my house. And the next day, we were just in, we were devastated. And someone found a DVD of The Kings of Comedy. And we went from you know, crying our eyes out to laughing our hearts out. And so that that DVD, that just kind of, that one and a half hours or whatever was just, uh, we'll never, I'll never forget. So I know I'm cheating here. Uh, if I were to fo- were forced to pick a top three, I would add Bernie Mac in my top three, but I'm going with Kings of Comedy. 
Yeah, they were great. That was uh if anybody hasn't watched that, that was an amazing amazing DVD. I watched that quite a bit back then when it came out. But um I'm glad you guys uh well actually I'm kinda of upset you guys didn't name me at all. Am I your personal <laughs> comedian? No? Right. You, got, you got a little ways. You you might get there by the yeah, end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. You got some work to do. That's fine. That's Tell fine. You, no. you need First a, of all, get your get your internet working, and then we will talk. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that story next episode in, in Austin, Texas. So bring your spurs and cowboy hats. Oh, I think we lost him again. <laughs> Finger all right, that's wrapping up. Yep, that's a wrap. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the No U-Turn podcast. Special thanks to our editor, Abby Joyner, and our artwork designer, Terry and Fernando. If you want to check us out on Instagram, do a search for at no-u-turn underscore podcast. And also on LinkedIn, do a search for no-u-turn podcast. We're available pretty much on any platform where you enjoy your podcast listening, such as Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprouts, and many others. So we'll see you next time. Keep it on the center line.